Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Luke 15, what a chapter. What a chapter. The heartbeat of heaven stripping from the pages. Have you ever lost something and know that disappointment and grief? Maybe it's lost money, lost a loved one, lost an animal. I lost my cat once. May sound a little silly, but boy, something happens, all the people who have ever owned an animal. Something happens when you own an animal, you become that person. <laughs> They're in the family. You want to take the photo with the animal. Family photos, wait, I got to go get the dog, I got to get the cat. Well, here's my cat. The cat's name was Little Girl, first girl cat I'd ever had. And Little Girl was a Siamese, chocolate point, you know, colored face. Her brother was Wu-Tang and mom was Zoe. And the trio would run and go outside and then come back in. And we were just getting ready to move. And there was a storm going on. And... We opened the door, let him go out for a minute. Two came back, one was gone, little girl was missing. And I was deeply, deeply sad. I mean, put up the missing posters. This went on for months. The theory was that maybe we were close to the highway, that she ran away and got across the highway, and that. There was a veterinary over there. We even asked him, and he said, I think I saw a cat like that in the woods. We put a trap out there. We used to drive all the time when we were out just having leisurely drives, listening to music, hanging out before Christ, filling the blank. We would just look. Where's little girl? That story is to illustrate to us. I think we all know what it's like to be lost or to lose something and to be afraid and to put up a wall and say, I don't want to trust anymore. I don't want an animal ever again. I don't want to be close to somebody again if they're going to hurt me. I don't want to invest in some particular business endeavor because the last one went bad. And sometimes this mindset carries over into what? How we view God. We look at his character, we see his nature, and we're like, God, I just don't understand these parts of the Bible but it's chapters like today that are pivotal. They're foundation to our faith. So a question I want us to ask ourselves as we start. Can we trust the Father? Can we? Can we trust the Father? Can we trust the Father? I'll share three truths at the end from this Story, the parable at the very beginning. We're just going to look at the lost sheep and three words. Three words that have been in my heart this week is this. Number one, lost. So if you um, are note takers, I, I want you to, I see a couple pens out there. Maybe this would be the moment. You would just even pull out your phone because this is not meant to be seen. I believe God wants to do something in your life to bring deliverance in an area. And the first word is lost. How do we view What's lost, what we've lost, and where are we at with even that, that truth, that thought, like, individuals are lost. I could be lost in areas. 
And then my heart responds one of two ways. Am I soft or is my heart hard? First word, lost. Come on, everybody say it. Lost. Come on, I can't hear you. Lost. Come on, one more time. Lost. Let's say soft. 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 Let's say hard. Where are our hearts? Are they soft or are they hard because we've lost so much? Seems like life is a game of losing constantly, but we see that the Father's heartbeat is one that we can have complete security. Let's look at how powerful the shepherd is. The power is in the shepherd, not in the sheep. Verse 1, all the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. Listen to Jesus. This is so big because the chapters before this, you see such a rebuke on the Pharisees, those that are teaching the law, such a rebuke on Israel. Like, hey, you're missing it. But now we're in, for many of us, in the faith, but we start to then assume that we're not missing it. And we go back to the basics to get calibrated. Let, let, it, let God hit the reset button today. And the reset button for how this chapter begins is those who want to listen are an unlikely crowd, outcasts. In fact, even threats. Why? Because they work for the Roman regime and their job is to collect taxes. Who loves to pay taxes? I mean, you might logically, depending on where you're at politically, but whoa, it gets pretty gray when it comes to ourselves. Do I have to claim that? Do I not report that? Do I? Uh. Well, they're tax collectors, and they've agreed to a certain level of contract, and they go out, and when they collect taxes, guess what? Sometimes they get a little greedy. Hey, if you don't pay me X amount, we're going to come back. Kind of like a little mafia (laughs) So the reputation's not favorable. But that's exactly who's drawn in to listen to Jesus because this is setting up the heartbeat of the Father. Can we trust the Father? And the Pharisees and scribes, they were complaining. I wish this didn't ring so true today. When I read this, all I keep feeling like is it just seems like followers of Jesus, what's on our lips is constant complaining. Myself, I'm convicted by that. It's just complaining. You know, when you say a sentence and then it's always got a comma with it and it's like, but, and it's not but God, it's but, insert my complaining. And maybe I'm just the only one, but I found myself wanting to complain more in this season. It's like, look, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Do they really love those people? Come on, there's no way. Yeah, so he tells them this parable, a parable being a short story, a short story that illustrates one point. And the one point that's going to be illustrated in this is that the shepherd is awesome and the shepherd cares. The shepherd cares not only about the flock, but about the one. And see, it didn't matter in the, how many other cats there were in the, were in the world. It just mattered that I could find my cat and how much more true to find my son, my daughter. That's how God sees 
every single person. That's why one is the biggest number. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and he's uh, captivating them with language that is messianic language that eventually the shepherd's gonna come to fulfill and take care of the sheep. So this is familiar. This is uh, highlighting contextually how they even understand one that's been thousands of years setting up for this particular moment. And he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it. And when he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. See, the shepherd's heart is soft towards the one, towards the lost. And when we get hardened, we get closed off. But he takes the sheep and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together saying to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. You would think maybe the story would go, hey, rejoice because I have all these sheep and they're back together. But it's as if that the intimacy of heaven is okay with just finding you. It's it's as if that Jesus really wants to drive the point home that, hey, if you're going to understand the heart of the Father, let me tell you some stories so you can understand a shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one. Now, some commentaries will say the 99 are just believers, you know, and and, but, but this whole chapter is obvious to, to, to this, that God cares about lost people, period. And he cares about one sinner that repents. Why would we do it? It's always for the one. And he says, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. I watched a special once um, on the Cowboys. And I woke up in the morning. It was about two in the morning. I was waiting. I was really wrestling. Um, before we started City Life, we had an opportunity to take over some uh, existing churches. Take over, but this is a bad term. But just kind of come in and serve. And, and that was where we would, we would under-shepherd, as Jesus is the chief shepherd. And as we would under-shepherd there, we would have the opportunity to, to, to have an existing flock, if you will. And we were wrestling, praying, and it really felt like God wanted to birth city life. Because when you're pregnant with the baby and it starts kicking, you, you got to give birth, you know? And so that's where we were at. Um, but it just seemed so obvious that we should maybe, you know, work with this existing church. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night. God really spoke to me. I turned on the TV show, and it was about uh, the Dallas Cowboys in their era with Troy Aikman, uh, Michael Irvin, and some of the decisions they made. But... but in essence, they had to do a new thing to, to, to bring in a new way and a new day. And it wasn't against, they weren't against the old way, but it was really divine for me in timing because here I am processing, do I just partake in what is already existing or do I birth something new? And new means that we're gonna have to change some things and it's gonna first start with me. And that all of the personnel we have, we're gonna have to love them differently. So there was one Pro Bowl lineman who, uh, who came up one time to coach and said, coach, you never spend any time with me. And you spend all the time with Michael Irvin. <laughs> Why does he get so much time and attention? He goes, look, you're steady. I can trust you. Michael's got a little bit more volatility. He's been through more things in life. And you know what? We need him to win. We have you. You've already been a linchpin. And each person is going to need some different TLC, but we're still on the same team. So in other words, how I, how I even understand this text is similar to like that. Like, yes, God cares about the linemen and he cares about the 99 that are already obedient. 
And sometimes the squeaky wheels, they get way too much attention. Come on, the church said amen. amen. Your siblings that, you know, their squeaky wheel, they get way too much attention. Amen. amen. You who gets way too much attention. Amen. amen. Sometimes Crystal says at the house, uh, we joke around. She goes, you are so HM. And that is not a clothing line. That means I am so high maintenance. <laughs> you know, man flu. You are familiar with some of these things, right? Okay. God loves the 99 who are obeying, loves them. But heaven came, not for the healthy, but the sick. It doesn't disregard the healthy. No, we're on the same team. But when we're connected to the Father, we realize he cares about the sheep, us. Now look at a sheep here. Uh, it's interesting that scripture describes what we are like when we, uh, uh, when, that we need a shepherd. So to understand the sheep by nature, there's some reports, they're more intelligent than we think, but they can't just survive on their own. They need a shepherd to lead them, where to graze, how to get food. They're endangered if they find themselves solo because if some type of predator comes and finds them, they're defenseless. And they're so defenseless that they can't even groom themselves, right? To some degree, they'll just keep growing and growing and growing. They need a shepherd to even groom them. And here's a sheep that's been ungroomed that has 77 extra pounds of wool. <laughs> the connection. A life ungroomed, a life unconnected, a life unsubmitted, a life unsurrendered. But I understand why we've lost a lot. It's hard. But I pray today that our hearts get soft to letting the Father lead us to find the sheep put over the shoulder and say, let's go back home. Go where? Back home with the 99. Oh, I don't know if I like them. There's been a lot of hurt there. Come on, the family of God. That it's not a solo mission. It's no Lone Ranger tradition. This is what God longs for. Not only the one, but to be connected to the fold, that we are all intimately. This, this idea, have you ever heard um, or even believed the lie? When you're struggling... And I've, I've lived this and uh, even lived this throughout the week, which is when I'm dealing with any type of things, I don't want to bother anybody else. I don't want to bother you. Well, I, hopefully we all know this. We're all going to bother each other all the time. There's nothing we can do. Our lives are always connected, always. There's no individual that can live by themselves. What, what is that... Um, movie with Tom Hanks and he's on the island. Castaway. Castaway. <laughs> Doesn't work, right? Wilson becomes his best friend and he's hallucinating. We can cope a little bit, but this is why that our, our, I think we're so crippled is because we spend so much time alone, alone in our own thoughts, alone in our own depression, alone in our own sin, alone in our own nonsense. And, it, and it's hard to get out. It really is. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. What I am saying is this. It looks like the shepherd cares. Can you trust the father? Yes. Deeply. And then the father has a way. He's going to pick you up. He's going to take you back home and you're going to meet some brothers and sisters again. And I think that, that this passion grows once we see the passion of the shepherd for me. We get to see the passion of the shepherd. So great in John chapter 10. Look at this. This is what type of shepherd we have. Jesus said again, truly I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep didn't listen 
to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus said again, oh, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come so that you, they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. All right, Jesus, why are you the good shepherd? Can I trust you? This is why Jesus can have my whole life. And it's harder the longer I'm on this journey. That's why it's described as there's a narrow path that few are on, difficult is the way, but it leads to life. There's a wide path that many are on. It's easy to travel, but it leads to death. You start following and watching what everybody does. Don't just go against the crowd to go against the crowd, but I mean, it's even as subtle as when you're at uh, sporting events or the Uh, some type of play, what you'll see is that everyone goes to the bathrooms in one type of way. There's the bathrooms. I always like to now realize there's probably another bathroom. Let me go find it. No, sometimes I strike out. But I realize that following the crowd doesn't always mean I get to go to the bathroom. I find some bathroom and it's all alone and it's amazing. (laughs) Because there's a different path to follow Jesus. There's a different way, and it is very challenging, very difficult. That the narrow path isn't one that's just kind of like, it's like this, but it's got different terrain. So it's got pitch that's different. It's got rocks that are different. If you've ever walked on rocks, it hurts, doesn't it? But you get some callus. The only thing you want hard is your feet, not your heart. You hear that? The only thing you want hard is your feet, not your heart. City Life, I'm praying that we open up our hearts for the lost, but ultimately for the shepherd, this type of shepherd, the good shepherd. (laughs) The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, he leaves them and he runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. Come on. Are we getting closer to being one flock and one shepherd this past year? I've gotten closer, confession, to maybe punching you. And I've noticed you've gotten closer to maybe punching me. I've just noticed this. It almost happened the other day. I was in Holland with a bunch of pastors, and I told Crystal, I said, that little guy tried to rise up. She goes, what little guy? I said, the rage monster that slams on the brakes, stops, and gets in that guy's face just because the way he looked at me because I didn't notice he was parallel parking, which doesn't happen that much in Michigan, you know, with the rear reverse lights. I understand if we're in Philly. And so I parallel parking, and I go by, and I'm just thinking here, and I'm waving, so sorry, so sorry. It was as if I took his cat, and I just was so mad, so fast. I didn't do the health kit yet. Um, you know, where you pray, read, be thankful, spend some time with God. We just woke up. We were going to drive back. 
And it was fascinating because I did want to punch him in the face. See, when I look at you and when you look at me, it's easy to divide. But when we look at the shepherd and we look at the father, we see his heartbeat is always to make us one flock and one shepherd. Verse 17, this is why the father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. A few points as we close here and worship team, I'd love to invite you to the stage. And first one is this, I am lost apart from God. If someone's here and they don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Savior and Lord in that order, well, it's one, it's one and the same. But a disciple of Christ is one that's first surrendered to Christ. It says, take my life. I am lost apart from God. This is good for us to remember. This is why we overcome the enemy. How do we overcome the enemy? What are the two things? Somebody in this, this is the 10 a.m. Somebody knows this. How do we overcome the evil one? Blood of the lamb? Word of our testimony. That's why we got to testify. <laughs> and how does our testimony, all of us begin? I am lost apart from God. And the reason I praise? Because I was found. Not on my own abilities. This is the grace of God. Not on anything I could do. I'm a lost sheep apart from God. But the shepherd is so beautiful that he'll come find me in all of my mistakes and he'll give me his best as he lays down his life, Jesus, the good shepherd. I praise because I was found. So every time we enter worship, man, whoo, let's take off the lid. And I know, like, this region isn't necessarily known. We're not like the South, you know. You go down to the South, and everyone's just like, hey, everyone's saying louder, more hospitable. It's the Midwest. I mean, you drive through neighborhoods. You might see a cookout, but most of us are hidden and hibernating. You might get a high. You know, not often smiles. But wow, what would it, what would it look like to, to start to exercise more of that praise, that voice, and say, man, thank you, God. Thank you, God in our own type of way. And why does my heart need to stay soft? I care. Because I remember I was lost. I was deeply impacted um, by a, uh, a missionary once that said he was in a room full of ministers and they were all talking about, we gotta go reach the lost, we gotta go reach the lost. And they were saying it from the shepherd's point of view, like, that we, of course, need to go find the one and who's the ones in their life. And I loved because he said he volleyed on the table. What does it feel like to be lost? Because then when we find them, we'll have more empathy of what they're going through. What does it feel like to be lost? Maybe you're not in that cloud and that darkness right now, but you might know somebody who is, I would dare venture. Somebody you know who's so sick, who's battling some type of financial crisis. What about a relationship that's so torn apart that we don't even know what to do? And they're lost and they're just afraid. And that's such a powerful thought to say, oh, yes, we want to go reach the lost, but how does the lost feel? And we have to understand we identify as the lost with the lost. We've been found too, right? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That's testimony, y'all. It's testimony. So what I want to invite us into is to care. If your heart is really hard right now, it's okay. The shepherd is so good. You can trust the father. So ask him and say, you know what? My heart's not soft in some areas. I'm trusting my own confidence. I'm disappointed about what's happened. I just, wanna, I just want the shepherd to do a new thing. I think as we sing, like, let heaven come, here's the crazy cool part. You don't have to find God. You can't. He finds you. And then we respond because we know our shepherd's voice. There's a family here. They lost um, their son for three days, a three-year-old son, and is in Russia. They sent the kid. Uh, the kid wanted to go back to the car, which was just out of sight for, uh, to go back and get a snack. And they said, sure, go get it. And they, they got busy, and the parents, and, and then they went back, and it was about 15 minutes, and that 15 minutes has elapsed. And then somehow the kid had wandered off and then uh, was then out in the woods and then full helicopter search teams for three days, couldn't find the kid. But finally they found the kid. Um, and I guess uh, survival, one, just miraculously that didn't get destroyed by some type of predator. Two, uh, drank out of some type of bog, I believe it was. Will you imagine the joy just for a second? The parents as they're holding and getting their son returned. Oh, that's exactly how God feels about every single person on this planet. And that's how God feels about you. Father, today we pray that our heart will be soft. Soft for whatever we're carrying. Right now we give it up. We give it up that we know we can trust the Father. Will you just place your hand on your heart for a moment with me? And as we place our hands on our heart, we're, we're asking God that you just, we want your heartbeat. We want to see your passion for us. And that will lead to right living. That will lead to all types of causes and action. But God, we can't do it without you. We need you to be our shepherd. Jesus, you're the only way. Someone's here today or watching online and they're trusting in another way. I pray today, just surrender to the only way. His name is Jesus. He's the good shepherd. He'll put you in the family. He'll wipe away all sin and make you brand new. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com.